Galimera, galispera, galinichta, no matter where in this wild, wacky and wonderful world you might be. Thank you for making the Highbury Squad part of your day. It's a new week. It's a blank canvas. Let's paint pictures. Let's tell stories. Don't say I don't do nice things for you. Not one, but two legends in the house tonight. Let's rock and roll. Mind the gap between the train and the platform. Please stand clear of the discussion doors. The next stop is Highbury Squad. What a wonderful picture that is. And welcome back, squaddies. It's Monday. We're coming off a massive game at Anfield. And I couldn't think of two better legends to discuss it with back in the house my podcast brother from another mother mr super kev super kevin campbell squaddies i hope you have digested yesterday <laughs> and i'm sure we're going to chop it up with this legend down below so at ease if you've been living under a football rock and you don't know who this young fella is down there Liverpool legend, ESPN analyst, and all-round epic human being, Mr. Stevie Nickel, back in Squad Central, folks. Hey, Sophie, have you? Is your lecky been cut off? <laughs> what's the, what, what's the, the jacket and the hat? All you need is and a scarf. It's a bit of Plymouth. It's a bit of Plymouth. It's a bit of Plymouth, Steve. Okay, so Stevie, I have an explanation for it, and it's pathetic. I'm going to admit it out loud. I have to keep this hat on until we lose. There. You must have had superstitions like that when you played for your great Liverpool side. So when you say you've got to keep it on, you mean 24-7 or just what's the, what's the deal? When If I wear a hat and I'm doing the show, oh, and right. if I wear a, it has to be this hat now. That's the, that's the agreement with the insane listeners of this show. Right, yeah. No, what did I, you, I, what I, you I, used I, to do? You know, so many at different times. Just, just something would happen. You go on, you remember do that, and then you would do it, <laughs> and then you forget about it. And then three weeks later, having won three games in the trot without doing it, you realise what a lot of nonsense it is. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, you find a way. You keep going. After yesterday, Stevie, I will keep going. There's no doubt yeah. about that. Um, all right. Good evening, everyone. All the usual suspects in the house, Trev and. Uh, and Guna Russ is here, and Jen's here, and Taib's here, and everyone's here. Lynn's here, Chief Like Officer. Um, everyone is here. Right, before we get stuck in, I wanted to talk about playing at Anfield first before we get stuck into the nuts and bolts of the game. Um, Kevin knows what it's like to play at Anfield, and Stevie, of course, extra knows what it's like to play at Anfield. Not the easiest place in the world, especially for Arsenal Football Club. And no matter what Liverpool team is playing in the season, when you go to Anfield, it's totally different. Things like this can happen, boys, when you go to Anfield. There's that flying number nine there. And then these things can happen when you go to Anfield. Stuff like this. Kev, you know what it's like, having played for Arsenal. And, of course, Everton. Look at Steven Gerrard coming in for you there like Bruce Lee. What is going on? Playing at Anfield, not easy. No, it's not easy. And uh, I, I really want to speak to Stevie about this, obviously, after. But the, the crowd are, are always in the game. 
and they can make a huge difference to Liverpool as a team. They can, they can make a difference to the opposition, they can make a difference to the referees, but they most of all, they can make a difference to the team who's playing. And when they get behind the team, like they 99% of the time do, it is probably the toughest place to go and get a result. I've seen it, I've seen it since I was a boy. Teams going up there and getting nothing. Liverpool not even losing games at Anfield for years, etc. So even though Liverpool are not doing so well, I was not I was not fooled by what happened last week and in the week by the Man City and Chelsea game. I knew listen, this game was going to be as tough a game as we will get away from home and it proved it. Definitely. Uh, Stevie, were you, what do you think of, and the reason why I started with this is there's a lot of narrative today about it's in City's hands now. Arsenal have collapsed at Anfield. The usual kind of dartboard stuff that <laughs> we've come to know as Gunners fans. Um, Something called nonsense, you mean. <laughs> talk to me about, I thought, in. was I disappointed at the beginning? I thought, man, we've just dropped two points. But we have, we, we don't get points at Anfield. Talk me through a little bit about playing at Anfield and what it meant for us to walk away with a point yesterday. You know, I was asked this the other day about what is it about Anfield that, that makes things happen? And the most recent one is, is against you guys. You know, at 2-0, the game was dead and buried. And by the end of the game, you're hanging on and, and you're probably lucky that you, you get that point. And I've probably played, I don't know, I've played nearly 500 games at Anfield. So probably probably about 300, 300 of them would be at home. Wow. And I couldn't tell you what it is, but it's there. It, it's something that rears its head nine times out of ten when it's needed. But it's generally, there's something there all the time. And I couldn't tell you what it is. I have absolutely no idea. because. As I said, having having stepped on that field 300 times and having felt it, and I guess that's why you can't put your finger on it, because it's mm -hmm. a feeling that the place gives you, the atmosphere, the crowd, the night, the dark, the, the floodlights, everything just seems to come together, and it does something to you as a Liverpool player. But to put your finger on it and tell anybody and try and explain it, it's absolutely impossible because nobody knows where it is. It's just been there forever, and it will continue to be there. There's, there's yeah. certainly, certainly what we saw on Sunday shows you that there's no sign of that little bit of magic that comes generally when it's needed of ever disappearing. So as far as that's concerned, I have no idea. As far as this rhetoric about it's now in City's hands, as far as I'm aware, it's about points. And if you've got the points, you will take that every day of the week. So I absolutely don't get this. You know, it's in Arsenal's hands. It's not in City's hands. If Arsenal get a point the way they did at Anfield at the weekend, then they're favourites. They're still favourites, I should say. So I, I don't go along with that. And I certainly don't go along with the other nonsense about Arsenal collapsed. Arsenal didn't collapse. What we saw in the second half 
from Liverpool was the Liverpool that we thought they were. The Liverpool that's been there for the last three or four years, winning Champions League, winning the Premier League, consistently at an incredible level that regardless of the opposition, they can't handle it. And that's what happened to Arsenal. I don't think Arsenal collapsed. I just think Liverpool showed us what they're capable of when they're at the best. Mm. And it's re- and in my opinion, regardless of the opposition, the way Liverpool went about that second half, the way they closed the ball down, the way they created chances, the pressure they put on, I mean, just the desire and the will and the atmosphere and everything else. I don't care who they were playing against. They would have come out on top in that second half. Because they, yeah. came, out, they came out on top. They won 2-0 the second half. No, it could have been more, but for well, you had one of... nil, one nil, one nil, Stevie. Come on, <laughs> oh, one. I forgot about the goal before half time. <laughs> but but right. Stevie, okay, can I just add? Can I just say this, and you could take it from here? Sure. When Liverpool attack the cop in the second half as well, mm, totally. That different. tends to have a, an effect of wave after wave after wave of attack, and the opposition, as good as Arsenal were in the first half. Yeah. Just couldn't get out. No, no, and and again, some would say that your your passing wasn't as good. I know Ateta came out and said, you know, our, our passing wasn't as good at the start of the second as it as it could have been. But again, you know, if you're being pressed that hard uh, and the opposition are jumping on the slightest little mistake, I mean, yes, you lost the ball, but I don't remember any. I don't remember somebody standing on it or just completely having a donkey touch or anything like mm-hmm. that. It was generally, there was somebody all over the back of whoever whoever it was in an Arsenal jersey was getting was getting pressured. And then the ball was getting stolen away or just just a, an Arsenal player was getting outnumbered. Yeah. You know, so it wasn't like Arsenal played like donkeys the second half. They didn't. They, they just got put in a position by Liverpool and they couldn't get out. Yeah. yeah, and that's and, what Liverpool and good teams can do to you. Yeah, and uh, this is a Liverpool team that spanked Manchester United seven nil. Yet Manchester United fans having a laugh at us today. Uh, note oh. to <laughs> to them, uh, and you know uh, gave Manchester City a game. And with with those two, the City one nil, the the Manchester United seven nil. And by the way, when you were talking about atmospheres, you took me back to Highbury for a little bit there, Stevie, because we feel Ooh. the same. And the Emirates has definitely changed this season and we've amped it up a totally different level. But when when you when you're looking at um the what was I saying before that, Kev? What was I just saying? I just went to Highbury. I kept thinking about all the No, you were you were on about uh, at Anfield, why teams can't get out. Why is it so the such- second half? Is that your best performance this season? No, I think when you beat Arsenal, uh, when you beat United at home by that score, you can't beat it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I would say it's probably next to that, yes. For a, for a complete half, yes. I mean, from from the start to the finish of that half, in my opinion, it, it was it was just it was just an onslaught. It was, you know, it was one of those situations when you play against teams that are doing that. It, it feels. You know, against against the great Liverpool sides, you know, against Fergie's great Man United sides, against your Arsenal, some of your Arsenal teams, when they're playing like that and when they have the bit between their teeth like that, it feels as though they've got more than 11 players. Mm. Because everywhere you turn, there's another, 
whatever colour of jersey it is. And, and, and so it just feels as though you're getting suffocated by numbers, which, which it's not. They just happen to be, I don't know, the adrenaline, all of those things just at one time. And then you had the ability on, because you can't do that. You can't do what Liverpool did the second half to Arsenal unless they have ability. Because Arsenal's, Arsenal's got ability from the back to the middle to the front. Uh, and so to, to dominate a side like Arsenal, yes, you have to be able to run and close the ball down and do all the, do all the dirty stuff. But you also have to have the ability. Uh, and we just we saw in the second half the ability that Liverpool have, which mm-hmm. unfortunately for you, generally we haven't seen this this season, but they produced it in that second half. So, Stevie, go on, Kev. I also want to say to, to ask Stevie, we also saw an array of attacking weapons that Jurgen Klopp has at his disposal. He can bring on uh, Nunes. He can bring on Firmino. He can go four up top. Carney, yeah. and yeah. that really is going to cause you massive problems because everyone has different skill sets up there. Yeah, I think, and again, I don't, I don't think that's a surprise to, to to any Liverpool fan, to be honest with you. But the truth is that that front line, the previous front line, you know, of of uh, Mane, Salah, and Firmino, it was getting fed constantly particularly from the middle of the park. The middle of the park was closing the ball down and feeding those front three. And that's why we saw so many goals from, from Liverpool uh, at, at their best. I, I don't think the front the front three they can put on the field is, is some would argue it's not as good, but mm. it's not kicking the backside off it. But they're not getting the amount of ball in, in, in the areas that they did previously. And so mm. it just, again, so happened that and that second half in particular, the middle of the park actually did the job that that we yes. thought it was going to be, uh, that unfortunately we haven't seen. It, it did its job for that period of time, which yeah. unfortunately has been missing for most of the season. It's incredible how the midfield showed up in that second half. Okay, so let's so when we talk about your attacking threat, how we manage the game is where I really want to talk to you and Super Kev about because when I asked Kev about it hot off the game yesterday. He felt like Mikel Arteta handled the subs um, well. A lot of Arsenal fans feel like he didn't. And it's probably the first time in a long time a few Arsenal fans feel that Mikel Arteta maybe got it a little bit wrong. From the outsider-insider perspective, Stevie, some of the things that came up were, how do you throw on a play like Kivior, who hasn't played in this intensity at this level, and you saw him in the Europa League when he was matched with a, a, a defender he hadn't played with for a while? Why throw him in? Why didn't Zinchenko get subbed earlier for Tierney to add a little bit more of that defensive prowess? Xhaka looked like he was having one of those games, and Odegaard went missing when you really want him to be on the ball in the second half. What did you make of Mikel Arteta's subs, the timing of them, your thoughts? Well, the first one, the first one, what was his name? Kawira? Kivio. Kivio, Kivio, yeah, yeah, yeah. Our new Listen, signing. In- you're under absolutely incredible pressure and you put on another defender. How can that be construed as a mistake when you're ahead? I don't, I don't, I don't get that. That makes no, that doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, what are you, are you going to put a forward on? I don't think no. it's the, Listen, I don't think it's choosing a defender. It's the defender you chose. Or the player you chose. Well, Harry. you don't have a, Who else would you play? 
Well, he would have had to make do some major shifting because with Saliba's injury and Holding already playing, you had Ben White at right back. Um, you you know so you, you so rather than see that's the thing you know well you can do this but if you do it if you move Ben White then that means you you're changing half your back four already. You know you uh, when you're playing in a game, a particularly a game like that, you don't want to make too many. You don't want to you don't want to shuffle things too much. Because then it takes everybody time to settle in. You know, when you come on in a game, particularly the pace that game was going, it takes you five minutes to get your breath. I don't care how long you warm up for. It takes you five minutes to get your breath. So if you want to throw somebody or a couple of players on who are not ready for the pace of the game, plus you're going to reshuffle your whole back line or whatever it is, that's to me, that's a gamble. You know, making one change and putting a defender on for a defender, um, to have more players at the back makes just common sense. And and the thing about bringing Tierney on earlier, Tierney should have been, had a penalty against him. You know, Mo Salah's volley with his right foot when he's in the air is only because Tierney's pulling him back. In my opinion, that was a penalty kick. Hmm. So you bring, you brought on Tierney, so you can't complain about him. If you brought Tierney on, maybe he gives a penalty away earlier. So, you know, Tierney didn't cover himself in glory because he could have given the penalty away. Well, he could have played at centre-back maybe instead of Kivio, but yeah, I, I hear you, I hear you. I mean, you're in a position that he's in, you know, it's the way the rules of the game now and the way the game's refereed and the way the game's played, it's it's very difficult to, to change the flow of the game the way it was going because you can't kick people anymore. Yeah. You can't. You know, you can't do all these all these things. You can't waste time anymore. You can't. I mean, there's so many things you can't do anymore. You, you know, to change a game is very, very difficult these days. Mm-hmm. And when you're playing against a team that's got the bit between the teeth the way Liverpool have and the way the game was going, uh, and the whole the whole mindset. You know, when you're ahead, you're you're not going to try and keep going forward. You're going to try and hold on to what you have. So to put another defender in the mix makes complete sense to me. Because because you ain't playing your way out of that situation, I don't believe. I, I just don't believe the way the game was and the rhythm of the game and the way that Liverpool are on top. You're not playing your way out of it. You're keeping strong and making good, solid defensive decisions and challenges. That's That, to me, was the only way that they were going to get through it. And they almost did. They almost did. We, we almost, um, well, yeah. Um, I, I want to talk to you about we shifting back to the atmosphere a little bit because, Kev, some of the Monday morning quarterback comments and sound bites are that we woke up Anfield and Xhaka woke up Anfield because Anfield needs waking up at that point in the match. Um, what's your take on, I don't like this scapegoat, scapegoating of Xhaka, of holding, yes, we can criticize, and I was critical of holding yesterday because I thought he put himself in a clumsy situation. He was a bit clumsy, but scapegoat in Xhaka, like it's his fault that he woke up Anfield. Have you now? This to me is bloody nonsense, as Steve said at the start of the show. I am. I'm very sorry. I'm going to have to disagree <laughs> with you. Oh. Uh, I agree that he, he, he shouldn't be. Um, he shouldn't be made a scapegoat. I don't. I don't. I don't believe in taking it that far. But when I was 19, the very first time I ever played in Europe, away from home with Liverpool, well, I wasn't even playing. I was, I was 13th man. And the last thing that was said 
And I remember, I've got Joel Fagan in my head right now. The last thing he said was, don't do anything to get the crowd into the game. You kill the game off and you keep it dead. And do not do anything to bring the crowd into the game. Now, that is, that is professional, common sense, all this, all this new nonsense that people talk about. There are certain things in football that were around 100 years ago and are still around today. And what's happened with Shaka is proof of that. Because if he hadn't riled the crowd up, maybe we're not having this conversation. Because two seconds previous to that, Liverpool gave the ball away again and there was moans. You could hear the moans and the groans. And then two minutes later, we have this little fracas and all of a sudden, the game changed. The, the, the atmosphere in the game changed. So if somebody can come up with another reason why it all of a sudden changed, please let me know. But as I said, I've still got Joe Fagan and Ronnie Moran in my head. Don't you dare do anything to wake this crowd up. Yeah, but they would say that to you, Stevie. They wouldn't say that to Graham Souness. Because Graham no, Souness... Because he, he already knew. Because he <laughs> already knew, that's why. No, but he would... <laughs> hey, but there's times where... He would have to do something like that to maybe stop the opposition and 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 just to slow the opposition down because you can't always go that way. The fact yeah, of the matter is hold on, Steve. The fact of the matter is two players coming together and having a fracas is nothing new. It's not new at Anfield. This happens all the time. The problem is it gets used as an excuse against Xhaka, riling up the Liverpool crowd. Listen, the Liverpool disagree. crowd are their crowd anyway. Totally disagree. Well, you I couldn't disagree. I totally disagree. Kevin, I absolutely totally disagree with That was no relation to the goal. If you remember, we're not right, talking the about goal. the goal though, Hold Super on. Kev. We're talking about yeah. the crowd. We're talking about no, the crowd. No, but what I'm saying is, Jacker's getting blamed, saying that he's riled up the crowd, that and that's what made them then score. That's what the that's why they're accusing him. That's what the accusation is. So hold on a second. Let no, me the, play devil's the advocate. The accusation, Let yeah, the accus. I mean, on, to talk about the thing, well, that's why they scored. That that that's not true. Liverpool, Liverpool could have played the way they did and not taken any chances, and you would still have won two 0 the point is that you've riled everybody up, and so the percentage, the, the chances of Liverpool creating and scoring goals because of this 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 surge of energy and adrenaline and the crowd and everything else is what changes it. You can't turn around and say, "Well, it's Shaka's fault for the goal." You can't say that. But that's what they but, are. But saying. what you can't deny is that right from that little fracas. Liverpool stepped it up emotionally. They did. They did emotionally, which changes everything. Here's the point that everybody seems to have forgotten. If you remember, Salah had one where he went through, misplaced his kick, and Robertson yeah, got him it. down the left. Yeah. Clean through. So it's not yeah. just because the crowd were up where Liverpool were getting in. As bad as Liverpool were playing, they were still creating something. Kev, they created they created those two things, right? Mm -hmm. 
But for 40 minutes, you, you completely outplayed us. Yes. But I yeah, think we outplayed you for 40 minutes. I think, but I think, I, I, I don't think you're giving enough credit to, to the emotion that Liverpool all of a sudden were playing with. Because it, it it wasn't really it wasn't really there. It started from there. That's uh, yeah, the important point. To get started from the goal. Kev, the same thing happened when Arteta got all crazy on the sideline in the League Cup. Was it the League Cup game? And they went at it with Klopp and the crowd got in it. And before you knew it, Bosh, we were over. It was done. My point is this, as a fan, I'm going to come to you two legends as a fan, right? because a few of our listeners in have put it in the chat as well. When Vieira used to get stuck in it with Keane, we loved it and it got us going. And that is it. It did, it does, and it's true. And but, but my point is, did it stop Keane getting involved? No. no but the point is the no, crowd. The point is that they get the crowd now. Now that Keane, Keane weren't backing down. No, but that's not the well, point. Let me the ask point... you a question then. Let me ask it. Let me put it a different way. Were the crowd in it before Shaka and Trent Alexander Arnold went at it? The crowd, the crowd had got quieted by Arsenal's good play. Hundred percent. Hundred percent correct. But the crowd were with Liverpool. But what would the crowd? Well, if, so if you the look crowd back, were with after... Liverpool, and then they got quieted. But still, right, still... right, and then what woke them up? Yeah, but Steve, here's my point. You talk about woke them up. You're going to get that at Anfield. We're not talking about any other ground. We're talking about Anfield. <laughs> Something is going yeah, to but get when, those Kev, Liverpool fans when you take on the Anfield, When you take right, Anfield on. out Talking, of the game... Hold on a second. Yes. He just said it. He just said it. He just said something is going to get the, the crowd on the home team's side. Yes, and that's what we're—that's the argument we're making. It was Shaka that got the, yeah, the crowd on the home team side. Yeah, but Steve, the point is, Shaka is getting blamed for Liverpool equalising and coming back, and it's not his fault. Okay, so here's what's happening forget here: the goal. is that we're talking forget, about like, two let, different let, things. Two different. Hold on, let, let's forget the goal cap. Let's forget. Let's forget the goal, right? Yeah, forget the goal. Did, did the crowd you can't really yes, argue. You can't really argue that from that point, Liverpool's crowd got in the game. No, I'm, that's what I'm saying. They got in the game, yeah. but that that wasn't the reason why Arsenal conceded. No, but that was the. It was that's not the the point of this question. Was not that the point is Liverpool's crowd did get back in the game, and the question was, did Xhaka was he the nucleus for that? And the yep. answer from most Arsenal fans is yes. My, where I draw the line is he's not. he should not be made a scapegoat as to why we didn't walk away with a win or but anything that's like not that. Right. Well, so no, no, but that's your point on that. The point is no. he did instigate, the. he did ignite the crowd. It, yeah. it, it, it yeah, it's it's going to happen. It's football. But you're not admitting that. You're no, defending. It was him that did it, though. What I said was... Yeah, that happens in every game of football. Something will get the crowd going. But right, it's we're not move the reason on. why they <laughs> scored. Stevie, last point on this one. Do you have one to make? No, I think I made it pretty clear. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the crowd, everything, everything kicked in. Now let's talk about two major moments of the game. Um, 
Stevie, were you ready to bet the mortgage on Mo Salah scoring that penalty? And was it a penalty? Yeah, it's a penalty. It's clumsy, um, but it's a penalty kick. Listen, if it's the other way around, there's no way you're saying it's not a penalty. I mean, it's clumsy, but it's a penalty kick. And the truth is, I think the last penalty he took, this one might have been closer than the last one because the one he took at Bournemouth, from the minute he hit it, it was never going in. And and I can honestly say, listen, you know what it's like. Whenever you get a penalty kick, you're always going, oh, no, we don't miss it. Because we're all the same. And if it's the other way around, you know they're going to score. You know, that's how we are as fans. But, but I'm sitting going, and then I'm thinking about, well, this is a guy that scored a penalty in the Champions League final after like two minutes. And this is a guy who's done this and done that. But there's always that little doubt in your head. And then it completely, I mean, he misses it. It never at any stage looked as though it was in. So I was, I was, I wasn't, I mean, he's a guy who takes penalties. Absolutely. If, if somebody called me up and said, who do you want to take this penalty quickly so we can let them know? I would have said Salah. But I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't a hundred percent behind him just because of the one he took at Bournemouth. So yeah, that was a surprise when he missed hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to talk about Rob Holding. We talked about him on our show yesterday. But I think... here's the thing, by the way. You got. To, I think it's a little harsh. You know, Rob Holding is is a player that somebody like Arsenal and, and other teams need. You know, you need a guy who's bought into everything that you're doing at the club, who's maybe not good enough to be the starter, but who's good enough that he can fill in if you need to, you know, if you need to give somebody a rest or if somebody's injured, you can get a couple of games out of them. So I think you've got to remember that when you're talking about holding. You know, I think, I think, I don't, listen, I, I, I don't know whether he's been getting criticised or not, uh, but. He, he has by but, some Arsenal fans, but what we but said on the show is if Xhaka can turn it around and play well, why can't Holding turn it around and play well and be given the same grace? I think it's because Steve, it's I happening at the same oh, same time of the season, you guys, and he's coming and stepping in and we're having to rely on him. And a lot of Arsenal fans are worried about that because Saliba has been so great yeah, from the fan perspective. That, well, regardless of, regardless of whether it's Holding or MDLs, they're always going to be judged by Saliba. So that ain't going to happen because he's been outstanding. So you've got to remember that Holden's a guy who, who's there to be to be part of the squad, which is needed. Yeah, you can't, yeah. yeah you, exactly. You can't have five bacon burrs in your team because you can only play two of them. Yeah. So you've got to remember that he's, he's, he's stepping in to help out. You can't expect Holden mm -hmm. to, to, to be Saliba. And if you are, then, then you're in cuckoo land. Yeah, I think what we fans tend to forget in these moments, because we so desperately want to win, is that Holding's been training with the team the whole season. Arteta prepares all the players for these moments. I mean, I don't need to tell you guys that. Sometimes as fans, we forget, especially because our starting eleven has been so brilliant. And Rob yeah. Holding's been nothing but a pro since he's joined the club in 2016. He's a popular player um, at the club. He's a leader in the dressing room. He's a good boy, good lad. And my God, the most hair. amazing hair job that we've ever seen in football. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, let's talk about one of the biggest stories then, guys. And Kev, I don't know if you've had time to... Have you stopped looking at these saves yet? Jordan Jarrett Bryan, our friend of the show, was on last week saying this save was average, but this one was definitely a worldie. Um, Ramsdale saves the day. Kev says that 
may have saved us, you know, um, from losing the Premier League title. 38 games, has it come down to a moment like this, though, Kev? Now, a day later, what a save. It's, a, it's an incredible save. And, and look, it's, it's sometimes you've got to look at the way the game is going as well. You know, we were 2-0 up. Liverpool pegged us back. Liverpool got back into it. Liverpool missed a penalty. Liverpool were all over us. We made adjustments. We were trying to see the game out. And Liverpool are putting, stretching us. They're putting us under massive pressure. And two great opportunities arise. One from Salah that gets deflected, going in the top corner. And Ramsdale pulls off a save like that. Let me tell you something. If you go into Anfield and you don't win, the key is if you can get out there with a draw, take your point and run. Take your point and run because not many teams go to Anfield and get anything, no matter how good or bad they are. Trust me, that is a, such a difficult place to go. We got the point. And if it weren't for Ramsdale producing those two saves right at the end, he pulled off one from Nunes as well where he came out and he saved it. So he'd done three big saves in the second half. One, for me, that, that, that one where he tipped it over the bar was world-class. If, if it ain't for that, we lose the game. So they say a goalkeeper tends to save you points during the season. Well, he's gained us a point yesterday. Stevie, you look at this, 94 minutes and 32 seconds on the clock. It's 2-2. Two, two. It, it was a deflection as well, and he had to save it from a deflection. What did you do in that moment? Because Kev, watching it, stood up. For the and applauded Ramsdale for that save. What did you do? How did you react when he saved that? Uh, I swore. <laughs> I bet you didn't applaud. <laughs> there was three words. There was three words to it, put it that way. <laughs> but what, what a save! I mean, listen the 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 one in the top corner is absolutely spectacular, but the one he saves from Canati. Doesn't look as spectacular, but the mentality to just never give up on anything is what makes the save. That's that's about the mentality of a player. Mm -hmm. You know, you see you see goals week in and week out when you see all the highlights, and you'll see defenders who, when the when the opposition players about to shoot, they're actually pulling the brakes on and stopping. You can't do that because you don't know what's going to happen. And if Ramsdale had pulled his brakes on and just stopped, then the ball was in the back of the net. But he doesn't do that because his man his mentality is this thing's not in until it's in. And he just does what he does naturally. As natural as he tipped that thing over the top in the top hand corner, is as naturally how he went back and never gave up on something that looked like a lost cause. You know, Kevin will tell you about lost causes. Playing centre forward for Everton. You got to chase a lot of lost causes, right? Right, Kev. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> Big time. Jeez. But but it shows but it shows you what people are made of that chase lost causes and something comes from it. And that's what that was. That was a complete lost cause. And he, he turned around and actually got the point from a lost cause for, for his team. I mean, aye. Yeah, Ramsdale's been great though. And again, we shouldn't forget there's a reason why you're top of the league. Because you've got good players, you've got people in positions that are actually, they're actually world class. Yeah. Listen, Ramsdale, Ramsdale could play and go for any team in the planet. No danger. 
just as just as Saka could play for any team on the planet. I thought he was pretty quiet myself in this game, but he's been outstanding. You know, you've got you've got players from again back middle to front who have been outstanding. So the reason you win games and the reason you pick up points is because you've got ability and tremendous characters with a great mentality. You get those three things. That's why you're top of the league. Steve, here's a question for you. You know, during a season, a title-winning season, you have to overcome certain hurdles. And when you go to the big teams, that's when you get your title credentials rubber stamped. It's either you, you, you can do it or you can't. What does that performance at Anfield tell you yesterday? Well, we've we've basically, I certainly know I have, I've been Lord and Arsenal for pretty football. But regardless of whether you, you can say anything about, well, they didn't have the ball and they didn't have this and they didn't have that, they got a point against the, against the team that was mauling them. So, yeah. so so from being mauled, you end up bringing something. That tells you about, the, at, at the very least, the character. character. And that's what you need. You need everything. Mm -hmm. it's, it's dead easy to, it's dead easy when you're winning three and four nothing to keep running and, and all of these things, but you know when you're up against that, it's not quite as easy to, to to show what you're made of. And so, every single team that's ever won the league will tell you that there have been games where you're up against it. The other team's just better on you on the day for whatever reason, but you somehow get something out of it. And again, yeah. it almost feels like we're talking here, and and it's been like this since this game finished. Everybody's forgetting. This is a point. You've got a point at Anfield. You know, when you look at your fixtures that you still had to play, you were dreading going to Anfield, dreading it. But you know what? You got something from the game. What What's not to like about that? Okay, you were 2-0 up. But again, when you think about what happened and what happened to Liverpool, you still didn't fold and lose the game. You held on because you got good players and you got a great mentality and you got a great goalkeeper. And you got some, you got some players on the field who will throw themselves in front of anything in order to get that point. Yeah, and that's what got you. That's yeah. you shouldn't you shouldn't forget about that or dismiss that. Stevie Nichol, let me tell you, that is one of the greatest things you've said on this show. And I will play this back to Ian Doyle from the Liverpool Echo when he comes on the show to defend his article where he called us lucky, lucky Arsenal apparently all season. That's us. All oh, season, well. I think he's been wearing my sunglasses. <laughs> Stevie was wearing them. Right, some quick questions, you guys, and we're going to get them answered by these two legends. Um, Senderos, who still sees Drogba in his nightmares, ask Nickel who he thinks will win the title. By the way, Nickel, huh? Nickel to you. Legend well, here. I kind of tells you I'm not on his Christmas card list. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, 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 listen, if if somebody said to me you can be, you can either play for Arsenal between now and the end of the season or Man City, I, I would say Arsenal because you've got the points. You're in pole position. All this, all these people are saying it's in City's hands. Well, it, it, it's not really. It's in it's in Arsenal's hands because they've got the points. So yeah. I, I, I'll take the points any day. We started off with that, and I'll, and I'll yeah. say it again. Yeah, I'll take the points any day of the week. 
Um, here's a nice one from Lynn. Stephen, I have been very impressed how much you how much praise you've given Arsenal this season. Getting a little sugar there. Um, okay. Have a, this one from Guna Russ. Have you enjoyed the way Arsenal have played? I think you just answered that, really. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Listen, <laughs> when a team plays well, you've got to say they're playing well. You know, we're, we're, it's always dead easy when teams are crap and you go, well, they were crap, he was crap, that's crap. But, but when teams play well and they've got ability and they produce it, why, why would you not applaud it? I mean, that's why we watch the game. We want to see good players and good football and we want to see goals. Um, and that's all Arsenal's done pretty much for the for the whole of this season. So why would you not praise it? Well, if you can look into your crystal football for us one more time, Kev's confident and has been for most of the season. Credit to him. After seeing us under the kosher Anfield, what does Stevie think of our chances at the Etihad and St James's Park? Some Arsenal fans are more worried about the game at Newcastle than they are at Manchester City. I'm worried about both. Newcastle and City, without question, are the two games where that will decide whether you win the title or not. I don't think the other games I think you'll win. And I don't think the other games are I mean people are talking Brighton. about Chelsea, the Chelsea game. Well look, Brighton. Well, Brighton. When was it? Brighton's just got beat and drawn. We've got two London it, derbies as well, Stevie. We've got Chelsea and West Ham. We've got two London derbies. Well, well, Chelsea can't score a goal to save their life, so you're <laughs> going to have, you're going to have to help them. You're going to have to stick the ball in your own net to lose against them. I think. You know, it's definitely, definitely City, City in Newcastle, um, and and I, I. I'm still shocked at Newcastle or where they are. And I understand the atmosphere at Newcastle, but I I don't see how you don't score number one. And I'm not I wouldn't swap any of Newcastle's front line for any of Arsenal's front line. So yes, I think they'll put you under pressure, but I'm not a huge fan of the front line. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I think you can go there and win, and you know they're going to go at you. Mm -hmm. And I tell you what, if I've got Martinelli and Saka on my team, and the other team are going to be leaving gaps, I'm more than happy to take uh, take advantage of them. So yeah, it's going to be a tough game, no question. There will be times in the game where where you're under pressure. Well, guess what? It's the Premier League. There's some good teams in the Premier League, but guess what? You're as good as anybody else. So. Yeah. And you're not lacking in confidence. Yeah. And I think when the dust settles, you'll realise you've taken a point from a game. Okay, you might have won. But how about, and I guess there's no question, Arteta is going to be talking about how well you played, how great you were when you were 2-0 up. And unfortunately, you, you you were just in the wrong place at the wrong time. I think these, you know, the Everton result and this result to Anfield, I think you're unfortunate in some ways. Because I think the Everton game was a perfect storm. Going to Goodison, new manager, the whole, you know, good, Kevin, you know what Goodison's like when they're yeah. fired up. Well, I mean, man. the atmosphere yeah. fantastic, you know. And for a for an away player, it, 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 it's like, it's like you know, the comedy shows when they have the walls coming in and on every side. That's what it's like when you're playing against Everton at Goodison when the crowd's on fire. So I just think that was a perfect storm. I thought you were unlucky there. And you showed that it was just unfortunate because you went on and won what the last 
five, six games in his trot. Yeah. And, and Liverpool, again, is a bit of a, a unfortunate because that, that little magic that Anfield has just caught fire for you at the wrong time. So sure you've dropped points. You know, it, it, it kind of sounds like your fans, I know they're worried, but how about you look at the big picture? Don't look at... Because we have PTSD, Stevie. We have PTSD. Not, but that, not in this crowd. Not with this team, you don't. Uh, ask Kev. Team. Before every game, I'm pretty much worried. No. Just look at the big picture. Don't look at two isolated incidents, Everton and Liverpool. Oh, how about the other, what, 20, 27 games that you've, that you've outplayed the opposition? Have so you all of a sudden forgotten about that? No, no, I haven't. But well, at some point, at this point in the season, at this point in the season, it's kicked in. Like the, I just want to win. Please, don't, please let it be the year that we do this, that we close the deal, that we show everybody that we're back. Because I just can't deal with the narrative if we don't. The stupid comments, the collapse, we choked. Meanwhile, here we are in an unprecedented situation, improbable. No one thought we'd be here. They didn't think we'd be here last year. But you and Kev keep telling me is that mentally we're different this year. And yeah. that's why I should have less anxiety. 100%. I mean, look at look at, look at all the big games, the supposed big games that you've had this year, this season. You've played well in them all. For 40 minutes, you completely outplayed Liverpool at Anfield. Not many teams can say that. So you've got, you got to look at the big picture. Yeah. It's really, really hard. Um, but I think, you know, because we've got Newcastle coming up and Brighton and Southampton teams that you know what happened last season, Kev. You know what happened. Right. Yeah, okay. As Steve said, look, I always look at the positives. I look at this team. This team have got over so many hurdles. We haven't got over every hurdle, but we've got over so many hurdles. And it's in our hands. I would rather it be in our hands than in somebody else's hands. So yeah. if we win out, we win the league. I'd prefer that than anything else. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, Stevie, uh, I've got to ask you these quick questions, fun ones from the crowd. Who do you think is going down? Southampton. I think Leicester will go down. Mm. I think I can't, I can't pick between Forest and Leeds. Oh, Forest. I think Forest will survive. Well, they're in third oh, bottom right now. They're, they're in third bottom right now. No, it's their, their away form is woeful, isn't it? That's yeah. what's going to be undo them. Um, okay. Uh, who makes it to who, – who gets the Champions League spot? Or who misses out out of United, Newcastle and Tottenham, Hartsburgers? I'm going to say Spurs. You don't know what – you really don't you know what you're going to get. favourite for a reason. Well, <laughs> well, you don't know what you're going to get. How how they're in, how they're sitting where they are is is, is beyond comprehension. They've been garbage all season, but yet they're sitting there fighting it for a. For it's called Harry Kane. Sport. It's called Harry Kane. No, I, I can't know. argue with that. Yeah. Can't argue with that. Um, okay, and also just to see here, because listen, you guys, I put these old pictures up, right? Look at this. I want everyone to see this one. Stevie Nickel of Liverpool. Look at those thighs there. I'm just wondering, are they up to scratch with Kev's? Not sure, but it's pretty close. I mean, look at you kids back in the day. It's 100 players 
Basically, who shook the cop. Who shook the cop. <laughs> Look at you here as well. Look at baby oh, Steve. Oh, <laughs> I was going to put up the uh, trophies you and Kev have won, but it would just take way too long and we've run out of time. <laughs> okay, so can't do that. Um, what you got planned on ESPN FC this week? How's the crew over there? Give you got to give Shaka our love. He's come on and we love him. Burley so keeps what, dodging, keeps dodging us. What's that about? Oh, that's Burley, isn't it? All over. <laughs> 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 um, what do you think is going to happen to Liverpool? We'll leave you with this. Two thoughts. Uh, closing statement from you, Stevie. Wow. Um, what's going to happen to Liverpool? And um, is this a one season wonder for Arsenal, or are we really? Moving in the right direction here. Um, no, no, you can't. You can't do what you've done. You can't do what you've done all season and think that it's just going to. Was it going to disappear next year? I mean, by looking from the outside in, it seems to me that Arsenal are looking to strengthen, which is what you do when when you when you're at your best. You should always be looking to. To, to add a piece, um, just to number one to get better. Number two keeps everybody on the toes, keeps them focused on on their own game, and keeps the team intact. So no, I don't I don't see it being a one season wonder. Listen, if they win the if they win the, the, the league this year, would I back them to win it next year? Maybe not, but they're going to be there or thereabouts. There's no there's no way this is this is this is no Leicester. Listen, Leicester Leicester was a miracle. You know, playing the way they playing the way they did. Um, again, perfect storm. No injuries really. Only played Saturday to Saturday for most of the season. I mean, they played they played with everybody behind the ball and broke on teams. I mean, to win the league doing that is incredible. But were we shocked that the following year they finished up mid table? Not really. That's not going to happen to Arsenal. I don't. I don't see that. And your Liverpool will be just fine next season. You think we'll be back in the game? No, I don't, I, they're going to have to sign. They're going to have to sign. They're going to have to sign some strength in the middle of the park. And the one, the one, the one thing I can't work out is the back four. Hmm. I don't think. I don't think. See, it's very. This is very difficult because. Liverpool won the Premier League and the Champions League with Trent Alexander as a fullback. You're right. Right. So what's happened? Well, go go figure. How you know? We, and it's not a surprise that that it's not all of a sudden he's not a good defender. He, he never was a good defender. But the but the rest of the back line has somehow become a, a, a absolute shadow of itself. Is it a case of? It's just a matter of working with them, doing getting George Graham in. And what can get George to work with him? Oh, your midfield is shite. That midfield, yeah. yeah, but I think the midfield is the obvious one. But the back line, it's very difficult to, to, to. I can't get my brain around the fact that they were so good for so long, and then just became a wreck. I, 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 it's very difficult to understand. Mm. So Steve, when, when you when you look at what's happened. If you if you lose a yard in midfield, it's a bit easier for the opposition to play. And the way Liverpool play, if you've got that extra second of time, you can get out of the press a lot of the time. 
Whereas where yeah. Liverpool were at their pump, teams just couldn't get out of the press. They right. were just... So, but, Trent Alexander-Arnold was virtually playing as a right midfielder. But like, even when they, but even when they did get through the middle, the back line was solid. Whereas yeah, now, but, whereas now, when they get through, regardless of whether it's once or ten times, they're all over the shop. They're shaky. They're shaky. You know, you can't, you can't, you can't just rely on. Well, the mid, the midfield's not doing the job by stopping everyone getting to the back four. Everybody, everybody's there for a reason, and we all have to do a job mm. when when asked, when called upon, and and for for the defence, the. The least amount of time that you're called upon, the better, clearly. But when you are called upon, you have to do a job. And 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 what we've had this season in particular is when they're called upon, wow, have they gone AWOL and missing in action. So that, yeah. that's what I can't get my head around. And yeah. it's the same players that were so good that are now so bad. Is it is it a case of working with them, getting them back on, getting them getting them back in the groove? Or is it change of faces? That that I don't know. I can't I can't figure it out. The a, midfield, a little, on the other hand, I think you need to change the faces. A little bit too. Um, when we spoke to the Anfield rap guys, they felt like yeah, an aging midfield, not not good planning. But they also felt like maybe Klopp didn't have a plan B when you can't play his you know plan A type of football. I think that's a little harsh because because when they were doing well, they signed Cater. They spent seventy million on Keita, and on the face of it, it looked like a good, good decision because in Germany in the Bundesliga, the guy was scoring. The guy was, I think, the guy was scoring about ten goals a season. I think he scored, yeah, yeah, he was in double figures, and he works hard. So you know, when when Liverpool were were winning everything, they had three in the middle of the park pretty much that just worked their tail off and got the ball back and gave it to the front three. And so you can understand Klopp looking at somebody like Keita. And then, of course, you can you can understand bringing a Thiago in, Alcantara, to yeah. add a little bit more a little bit more silkiness to it. So those are not crazy things to think. But mm. both of them didn't work. And they also had a ton of young guys. You got Elliot and you got Curtis Jones as well, who, when they came on the scene, looked as though they were going to produce. And so, in some ways, they actually were, there was a bit of a plan. It just so happens that all of those names I've thrown out haven't worked out. The two young guys, Elliot and Jones, um, are still learning the trade, pretty much. Mm -hmm. uh, it's now questionable whether they're going to take that next step, step up to be, you know, players that can consistently play and win or compete for Premier Leagues and Champions Leagues and stuff. That, that's now a question. And as and as we saw, Kate has never fit. He'll be out the door. Uh, Alcantara has never fit uh, and can't defend to save his life. Uh, and so you're relying on Fabinho. You're relying on Henderson in particular, who's who. It seems as though their their legs have have deserted them. Certainly mm -hmm. this year, but the question is whether it's next year as well. Or so yeah. So I I, I think that's a bit harsh to say that there, there was no plan. 
I think the, I think they had a plan. Just in, a ga- in the games, they were saying, like, what's the plan B? What What's the, a little bit like Arteta, you know, um, earlier this season, a lot of fans were like, okay, when it's not working, what's the plan B? And of course, we fans, we're football managers, aren't we? So, um, but clearly, you know, Liverpool, if you'd have said to us that we'd be, what, 500 points ahead of you this season, I would have said, you're crazy. You know, we're well, going to we drop you off at the there's asylum. Only 30, there's, only, there's only 34 games. You know, but we've—I have to say—we've really enjoyed. Five hundred. We've really enjoyed your season this year. You've been lovely on the show today, but it's been lovely. Yeah, I have really. to say. <laughs> Super Kev, why don't you take us out and close the show? And is there anything you want to say to this legend, legend to legend, before we duck out? Listen, I, I love, I love the conversation. I love Stevie. Brilliant. Um, disagreeing with me because we always disagree on something. That's good, and but. It's nice to hear Stevie talk so glowingly about Arsenal because he's right. Arsenal have a team to be proud of. They have got over a lot of the hurdles. And having the points in the bag is a lot more important than playing catch-up, let me tell you. So thanks to that legend down there, Stevie Nichol, for giving up his time to us. Really appreciate you, Steve. Thank you very much. Please say hello to all the guys, Shaka and... (laughs) <laughs> and bowls and yeah. everybody and uh, we thank you so much um, for you Sophie thanks again organising another great show great legend to come on especially after the game yesterday and to you the people who are watching us so you know I'll salute you I'll say love your loved ones do not make sure do not Pass up the chance to give them a call and tell them you love them. Anyway, squaddies, at ease, and we'll see you tomorrow. At ease, squaddies. Mind the gap between the train and the platform. Please stand clear of the discussion doors. The next stop is Highbury Squad. All right, we'll see you later.